You're a busy provider trying to stay current with the latest HIV testing, prevention, and treatment guidelines, and your pockets are overflowing with note cards. You need a convenient, trustworthy source for HIV testing, treatment, prevention, and care protocols. All healthcare professionals have a role in stopping HIV. Introducing HIV Care Tools from the AIDS Education and Training Center program. The HIV Care Tools mobile app is simple, free, and fully functional offline or online. It features quick guides for HIV prevention, screening, testing, diagnosis, and treatment. HIV Care Tools provides common clinical calculators used in HIV management and provide validated screening tools for comorbidities such as depression, substance use disorders, and PTSD. And if you need clinician-to-clinician consultation, HIV Care Tools provides one-touch access to free clinical consultation services by a multidisciplinary team of experts. Take us with you. Download HIV Care Tools today. Welcome to Nika in the Know, a podcast for healthcare providers in the HIV field. I'm Mariana Brayman. Today, we're back with John Farragon to talk about Fostemsevere, an HIV medication that could help those struggling with single tablet regimens achieve HIV suppression. Thanks for being here, John. Uh, thanks, Marianne. Appreciate it. So, John, let's dive in. What is Fostemsevere? So, I, I think um, I think most of us know that. I think most of the most patients are doing well on single tablet regimens, even one to two pills a day now. But we do have some of these patients who still have what we would call significant, you know, treatment experience or, or resistance, and don't have a lot of options left. And we certainly have those here at Albany Med, and I'm sure most providers, if you have a lot of patients in your clinic, you sure have patients with who are kind of treatment experience and don't have a lot of options left. So for them, attending this HIV suppression is really is really a challenge. And a lot of times you don't have a lot of the drugs. So uh, in this issue, I thought we'd walk, um, uh, talk a little bit, walk through and talk um, through a couple of options, but more importantly, the one um, uh, that's that's relatively new is called Fostemsevere. And it's a twice a day drug that might be a good option for people. It was um, Fostemsevere right now is made by V. It was formerly a BMS drug. It was six six three zero six eight. That was the 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 number for the for the drug, <clears throat> and it was really the first in class attachment inhibitor. So Fostemsevere is one of these pro drugs that gets hydrolyzed to a drug called Temsevere, and that Temsevere actually binds to the HIV envelope uh, GP one twenty, and then that Temsevere binding to that GP one twenty prevents that GP one twenty conformational change that's required for attachment to the host cell CD4 uh, surface receptor. So if you guys remember back in the day when we had uh, we had um, T20, right? There was always those really cool videos which would show you how the GP120 peels back and prevents this and this conformational change would happen, all of these things, right? <clears throat> so this is a kind of a, uh, a little bit close to where, uh, where Fostemsevere is actually working. Uh, the difference here is that the, uh, it's, an effective attachment of the HIV GP120, so it doesn't actually bind uh, to the CD4 cell, binds to the HIV, HIV GP120, um, and it prevents that um, that attachment, all right? So HIV basically cannot enter the host cell, and because Fostemsevere has this novel mechanism of action, really essentially the drug should be fully active against HIV strains that have developed resistance to other classes of, of medications. Um, Fostemsevere may have reduced activity against certain um, HIV subtypes, and particularly the AE subtype, 
And while this is really, really rare, rare um, the presence of some of some GP120 resistance um, uh, mutations at key sites, and there's some different ones, 375, 426, 434, 475, has been associated with, associated with reduced virologic response to severe. So while I tell you that most patients should be completely sensitive to the drug, I can tell you that people who've been on severe sometimes may develop resistance mutations um, at, some, at some key sites where the drug is active. What can you tell us about the data related to this medication? How was it studied? Yeah, so Mary, this is a good question. We always want to know about the data, right, to make sure that it was actually rigorously studied. Obviously, the FDA approved this medication, so it is available. Uh, but the, it was, the study was called the Bright E study, uh, which was conducted in 108 sites, 22 countries. Basically, these are patients who were heavily pretreated uh, and failing in their current antiretroviral therapy. And they had to have a viral load um, greater, greater than 400 copies. And they were put into one of two cohorts. One of them was the randomized cohort. And that was uh, which, uh, with patients with one or two fully active HIV meds. Um, remaining who received severe 600 milligrams twice a day of placebo in combination with their failing regimen for eight days. And then basically they optimized their background therapy. So based on resistance testing, they stayed on the severe, and then they changed their background regimen at day nine. Um, and then there was also the non-randomized cohort, which is kind of more for, I want to say like almost like compassionate use or um, expanded access, I guess, on some level. It's the non-randomized cohort was really done for people with no remaining antiretroviral options at all. And they received just 600 milligrams of severe, <coughs> excuse me, twice a day, plus an optimized background regimen at day one. Um, so the endpoints for the week 96 analysis um, included the proportion of patients who had viral loads less than 40, um, and then the change from CD4 counts from baseline and also adverse events and any adverse events that led to discontinuation um, or death. Um, there were 371 participants, 272 were in the randomized cohort and the rest of them were in the non-randomized co cohort. Overall, about 85 to 86% of the patients had a history uh, of, of AIDS. So I think the most important thing is the virological suppression rates. Again, remember, who we're treating here. These are really difficult to treat patients with not a lot of options left. So if you can get even half of them so suppressed, it's really a, a big deal. And in this in this setting, with the use of, of severe in addition to an optimized background, 60% of people got undetectable at 96 weeks in the randomized cohort. It was much lower down to 37% in the non-randomized cohort. But again, still to have 37, almost 40% of people undetectable with no active background drugs in the regimen, I think is, is very, very, very good. Uh, the increases in CD4 counts were um, um, at week 96 or 205 in the randomized cohort 119. For me, I think that's the most important piece is the, the CD4 change from baseline. So they gained 200 cells and, and even in the non-randomized cohort, over hundred cells they gained over, um, over a 96 week period. So really good CD4 responses, I think from, uh, from FOSTEM severe. Now, most importantly, what about drug interactions? What do providers and those taking this medication need to know about how this will affect any other medications they're taking? You know, what side effects do they need to keep in mind? Well, I think the most important thing, Mariana, is that you can really pair FOSTEM severe with most of the HIV drugs that we're using. Adesanivir, ritonavir, or Kobe, darunavir, ritonavir, darunavir, Kobe, um, deravirine, wopivirine, um, all the integrase inhibitors all can be used together with severe. So that makes it easier to pair most drugs with, 
with Fostem severe. Some things you got to be careful of though, which I think are really important, um, which I call um, you know some of the some of the inducers, right? Um, enzalutamide, carbamazepine, and phenytoin, rifampin, mitotain. These are all going to dramatically reduce the temp severe levels. And St. John's Word also does the same thing because uh, these are inducers of cytochrome P450. Um, you shouldn't use it with uh, with uh, Zepatir or Grisoprevir, Voxalaprevir. That's the um, uh, or Voxalaprevir. Some of the Hep C direct acting antivirals. Um, the protease inhibitors are you should be cautious with ethinylestradiol, um, no more than 30 micrograms a day. And then some of the statin drugs really, it just make sure you're using lowest doses and um, and monitoring for statin associated adverse events. But those are those are kind of the big ones, right? So our typical inducing drugs, uh, I call them the COP drugs, right? The carbamazepine, moxicarbazepine, phenytoin, phenobarb, and then you have rifampin uh, and enzalutamide is also part of that. Um, mitotain, St. John's wort, those are the kind of the big ones. And then just be careful of statins and the um, ethinylestradiol and also the some of the uh, hep CV protease inhibitors. That's kind of the bottom line with, with, that, with that piece. So what's the key takeaway here, you know, that providers should keep in mind with this new HIV medication? Yeah, so Mary, Mary, the bottom line here is that this is a new option for people who, are with, who have treatment experience. So if you have those patients in your clinic, um, this is a new option for them. Given its new mechanism of action, most of these patients would be able to use this as an active drug in their regimen. And I think for providers who have these types of patients, it may be an option to get your patients undetectable. I think the key here is making sure you use it as soon as possible and not, you know, if you have drugs in the optima and the background regimen that are still able to be used, use those drugs in combination as soon as possible to make sure you're going to suppress people. I think that's really, really the key piece, pretty well tolerated. Um, and again, a BID drug pairs well with a lot of the antiretrovirals. Just be cautious of some of the drug interactions. John, thanks so much for joining us today and telling us about this new HIV medication that could be easy to incorporate for many individuals living with HIV, and most importantly, one that can help them achieve viral suppression. We really hope you learned something new today. To learn more about Nika AETC's work and our role in ending the HIV epidemic, visit us at www.nikaaetc.org. That's www.nikaaetc.org. If you have questions or comments about anything we covered today, or if you have suggestions for topics you'd like to hear us talk about, don't hesitate to email us at podcast at nikaaetc.org. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at nikaaetc.org. Stay safe, and we'll see you on Thursday for our next episode of Nika in the Know. This presentation is supported by the Health Resources and Services Administration, HRSA, of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. The contents are those of the authors and do not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government.